Hello, and welcome to the Strength for Your Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Phil Finnamore, owner of WorkFitMe Mobile Physical Therapy. The goal of this podcast is to help busy Maine professionals find the mental, emotional, and physical strength necessary to fulfill their true purpose in life. I have a passion for sharing my true purpose with others. Join me as I discuss holistic health and wellness tips and inspiring stories with my friends, colleagues, and even heroes and mentors to help you fulfill your true purpose in life. Let's go. Welcome in everybody to another episode of the Strength for Your Purpose podcast. Coming at you this week with an interview so you don't have to hear me talk by myself this week, which I'm really excited about. You, <laughs> All of you out there listening know how much I love these interviews and this one is going to be no different here. Really excited to introduce this person to you all. I am joined this week by Dr. Lizzie Baker, who is a pediatric hospitalist with an executive master's in healthcare leadership. I already can't wait to ask more questions about all of this. <laughs> um, she she lost her mother one year ago following a valiant seven-year battle with terminal lung cancer. Since then, Lizzie has been on a mission to build legacy. She has been involved with the Trek Across Maine for five years and with the Dempsey Challenge for eight. She's a philanthropist and volunteer with these organizations, serving as the cycling training coordinator and cycling ambassador for the Dempsey Challenge and as a part of the 2023 Spirit of the Trek. She has donated half of the program costs for Space to Breathe, which is a Dempsey retreat for adolescents who are exposed to cancer, and will be an active volunteer with the program this year. She recently traveled to Washington, D.C. as the Maine and New Hampshire Lung Force Hero to advocate for lung cancer research and support funding. She is advocating for universal supported and paid leave for workers caring for their loved ones on hospice and is writing a book on creating legacy. Lizzie, thank you so much for taking the time to join me here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a of, pleasure. Of course. Yeah, very excited, as I said. So uh, right out of the gate here, I want to talk to you a little bit about your path to becoming a, a pediatric hospitalist and this this other you know passion, how that kind of led to this other passion of working with uh, folks that are that are suffering from from lung issues. Sure. Um, becoming a pediatric hospitalist is a very interesting story, I guess. I'll make it short. Um, <laughs> I was a dance major in college um, and I went to a college that didn't fit my interests. So I actually transferred. And when I transferred, I went to Rhode Island and I started studying psychology and philosophy. And in my junior year of college, 9-11 happened, and I felt immediately motivated to do something about this crisis. So I walked that day on 9-11 into the American Red Cross in my local area in, in Providence, and I was a volunteer. I went to Ground Zero for six weeks as a volunteer with the Red Cross, and when I came back, I started volunteering with uh, search and rescue teams and um, got my EMT license and my physician in the ED that was uh, supervising me said, you know, you should really think about medicine as a career. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I've never thought about that. Nobody in my family does that. Yeah. Uh, I just kind of went with it. Yeah. So here I <laughs> and, and, and here you are. Wow. That, that, that's, that's, that's incredible. I, I mean, uh, I, a lot of people have some very awe-inspiring stories from that time 
in our country's history, but to all of a sudden be like, you know what? I am going to go be a doctor. <laughs> it's a pretty, um, is, is a, is, is a pretty, pretty unique one that, that I haven't, they haven't heard. So, uh, what has it been in your experience as a pediatric hospitalist that's led you aside from obviously from your, your mother's uh, diagnosis. Cause that, I mean, that, that definitely stands out as a driving force, but was there something that you've seen in your career that's led you to be passionate about what the trek across Maine does and, and what the, what the Dempsey center does specifically related to, uh, to lung issues? Sure. Um, I would say I've always looked for events that support, you know, children growing through their disease processes And the Dempsey challenge was the first thing that I saw as a pediatric hospitalist working in central Maine medical center. And I signed up before my mom's diagnosis. Mm. Um, I'm actually an athlete with asthma. So hashtag athletes with asthma. (laughs) And I really, I believe in the track because it promotes, you know, learning about and funding for and supporting people with all kinds of lung disease. Mm. Uh, That's something that has been, not limiting in my life because I don't let it be limiting in my life, but that's Mm. something that other people can really struggle with. Um, You know, asthma is a huge problem and it's very common. It's very common in children. Um, And I think it's something that we can focus on empowering people to live Mm. with and, you know, battle through as they go forward. So I would say, you know, I was kind of drawn to the track because of that as well. And my mom's story has so much to do with why I'm involved with these organizations. But as a pediatric hospitalist, I remain involved. Um, I'm, you know, interested in joining the board of the American Lung Association because of how broad their scope is and mm. because it touches so many people, not just with lung cancer, but with asthma and different lung disease. Sure. Which, uh, I mean, obviously can be very serious in and of themselves. I mean, a lot of focus in a lot of organizations like the Trek and the, and the, and the Dempsey center are focused on cancer and support of treatment and, and, and finding cures for these things and also support for, for families. But, but yeah, I mean, asthma can be a, a huge, a huge thing as well, especially, especially in kids when, when you're maybe a new parent and don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden your kid's having a hard time breathing, you know, that can turn into an emergency very, very quickly. So you're right. The, the, the scope of it is, is incredibly important, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit more about what you're specifically doing. Cause you have a few like specific titles with the, with, with the Trek. So, so talk to me a little bit about, um, I know you mentioned you're a, you're an athlete with asthma. So was cycling always something that was part of your athletic career or is that just sort of something that you've taken on because of your, you know, sort of credentials, your history as an athlete and, and your connection to all this? So I am, I would call myself a skier is my primary sport. Okay. Um, I'm also an obstacle course athlete. I've done a lot with Spartan races um, mm. and Tough Mudder. And I've been a doctor on the sidelines of both of those races. So I've been part of World's Toughest Mudder. Um, I love the kind of extreme sports realm. <laughs> And I've been a cyclist for a long time. Um, I was a cyclist out in Jackson Hole and I had some setbacks. I, I actually couldn't clip out of my pedals and I had a bad spill at one point Ooh. and that was a big setback. And then I came here and um, I think the great part of this story is that I was nervous 
when I signed up for the Dempsey challenge and I then learned that my mom had terminal lung cancer and I decided to go for the biggest, longest ride you possibly can with Dempsey, which was a two day ride. And that was eight years ago. So it was 130 miles. Um, and I was not an attuned cyclist at that point, but I have grown into someone who has a lot more experience and I'm by no means a pro, but I know enough that I can coach other people and feel confident coming into something like the trek across Maine, Mm. which is 180 miles in three days um, to, you know, support people and be an ambassador to the organization. Yeah. No, that's, that's fantastic. Um, Yeah. I mean, it, 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 the, the one thing that that's kind of been a common thread whenever I've talked to, to people that, that, really go out of their way to volunteer time and not just to go out of their way to volunteer time. I'll have that root of like seeds of passion, right? So, so your, 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 your passion for, for either the sport that's involved, your, your, your passion just for athletics in general, the, the, the cause that it supports and then the, the, the foundation itself that that's doing the work then and supporting the cause is really all blending together. And, and, really helps make it an experience that's a heck of a lot more than just like, Hey, I'm just, uh, I'm doing this because I really love cycling <laughs> events right. and, and it's a good cause. So I might as well do it. So I might as well do it anyways. And, and I'm, I'm sure the people who are benefiting from the work that the Trek across Maine and the Dempsey challenge, um, support can, can kind of see that and feel that. Cause I know, I know some of them are kind of a part of a lot of these, a lot of these events as well. Yeah, I would say, you know, to people considering this stuff, it can be very intimidating to think about if you don't ride very often, how far you need to ride to sign up for X, Y, or Z length. Mm. And I would say that when you arrive on that day, you have no idea what you're coming into. You are coming (laughs) into this community of support and the energy is so much to carry you that it doesn't matter if you've never done this before. Mm. It is so phenomenally motivating in that day and people will get you through whether it takes you x amount of hour it doesn't even matter Mm. it is so motivating to be surrounded by people with this energy and Mm. for whatever cause and i think trek is a beautiful thing because it just is so widespread there's so many people with lung disease it doesn't have to be cancer it can be anything it can Mm. be you know cf it can be bronchiolitis is a little, it could be these kids that were in the neonatal ICU who like Mm. ended up on a ventilator. It could be anything Mm. can motivate you to ride. And when you're surrounded by people that just care about the same cause, none of your training really matters. It Mm. really doesn't just have this energy and this support and you can do it. Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. I I will say, however, as the cycling training ambassador, you probably (laughs) suggest people do some training, correct? It depends what you want to do. So the trek across Maine is quite the, and this is an endurance challenge. I mean, Mm. it's not a race, which is a beautiful thing. So there's nothing about these two events that is expecting you to do anything in X amount of time. Mm. And whatever you can do, 
you do. I mean, you'll have support. If you can't finish, someone will pick you up and we'll get you to the finish line. Mm. That said, trek across Maine is a big undertaking. I mean, it's 180 miles in three days. Mm. It's a lot of riding and it's early on in the season, which is also challenging to a lot of us because mm. we haven't been in saddle that long. And then this week of rain is just classic for yeah. Maine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a big setback, so we're not training this week. Um, but I think I, I would, of course, I recommend training. Sure. <laughs> uh, but you can do training in all kinds of ways. So there's, mm. you know, people have Peloton or they can do training in the gym. There's cross training you can do. We have a lot of programs that we've written and could share with folks if they're interested. Mm. Definitely. Um, we'll definitely, we'll definitely get to, I want to circle back to that about how people can uh, possibly get involved in this if they're listening to this and going, well, it's uh, this weekend. So maybe I shouldn't try it this year, but maybe next year I want to get ahead of the game and can maybe spend the summer training. So we'll get back to that for, for sure. So um, heading into the event, it sounds like a lot of your, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like a lot of your volunteerism through the trek is a lot with like training and setup. And then you are participating in the track. Is that, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Yeah. So I've been, I mean, you know, I've been involved with the lung association this year more so than in the past. I, you know, I traveled down to DC as a lung force hero and mm. talked to Congress about, you know, funding for lung cancer research. Um, and I also went to the state house and we discussed kind of general lung uh, advocacy topics. So we're working on kind of getting rid of vaping and flavored anything that has to do with tobacco so that kids aren't picking up these habits. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this year was a little bit different than others, but I would say a lot of my practice is to get people together and talk about training and then work on training protocols and then talk about safety and what it means to ride on the road for three days and mm. how we can be visible and how you can prepare for endurance racing and not racing. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> there it is. Not even racing. There it is. Just endurance, endurance riding. Yes. Um, nutrition, hydration, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Well, uh, actually this seems like a really good time to talk about it. Let, what are some of the resources that the, the, the Trek has available to get people ready for the endurance ride, not race, the endurance ride that is the track that 180 miles over three days. Um, and where can people find a lot of that information? So there's a couple different routes. There's uh, a number of teams that get together. And so it's very easy to join a team. I think this year I'll be participating with the LL Bean team, which is massive. Mm. And they are hosting training rides, but also have a lot of resources available about you know, kind of looking into how do you prepare hydration wise, mm. training wise, et cetera. Um, we, I prepared a long curriculum in the past that I'm happy to share with people about prepping for a 50 mile ride, which is basically, we're doing a little more than that every day. Um, in the trek, we're doing about 60 miles a day. Um, so, you know, looking at that as a resource for working up to, um, but also, you know, the trek across Maine has their own, information available and on the days there's beautiful wonderful support so there's um sag vehicles which are vehicles that follow us they take care of all your maintenance issues if you needed a flat fix or your chain falls off you've got people that will come and pick you up mm. and fix it um and the rest areas are fraught with amazing nutrition hydration and etc resources so yeah um, it's a very well supported ride mm. Well, yeah, which just gives 
some great confidence or someone who might be sitting here this year going, you know what, this is a good cause. Maybe I wanted to find a reason to get more active or I used to cycle and I, I want something to work toward rather than just going out and doing it for exercise gives yeah. you a little, uh, a little peace of mind and confidence that it's, it's doable. It's a, it's a doable yeah. endeavor. And I will say, let, let me just give you an example of last year. So last year on my first day, I actually had an asthma attack oh, on the wow. first day of the trek across Maine. And I got in touch with the leaders and I said, Hey, I'm going to have to ride this virtually for the first day. Can I just meet you at the next station? Like where we meet for the second day. Can I just come in on day two? And I rode, you know, 60 miles on my Peloton instead of riding in the, you know, in the actual trek outside. Mm. And it was fine. They mm. were totally, I mean, everybody accepted that. There's a lot of ways you can do this. You can do the whole thing virtually. Mm. You can ride any portion virtually. Everybody wants you to participate. So anything that you can do, we're welcoming. If you just wanted to do one day of the trek, you can also do that. Yeah. It's all available to people. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. No, that, that is, that is great. Cause I, I think having a, having a, with something that seems on paper maybe, or, or to people who aren't familiar with it as daunting as 180 miles in, in three days, having those yeah. types of options and knowing that they can still help support an incredible cause, I think is, is, is very, very, very important. Um, so as people are listening to this, the trek is this coming weekend. So give a little bit of information on kind of where it kicks off, where it ends and, and, are there ways that people could still be supporting this either from like a financial aspect or even like a boots on the ground aspect, kind of like a last minute volunteer effort here? Give us a little bit more information about this year's trek. So the trek has changed from a point A to point B to a loop route. And we start in Brunswick and end in Brunswick. Mm. And so if you are able to access the website, you can see the routes. So there's a lot of ways to participate, even if you're not riding. You're more than welcome to come out, like I said, ride a day if you want to, or ride the whole thing. But you could also volunteer at rest areas um, if you wanted to show up with signs or we love, you know, cowbells, things that just get us going <laughs> because we're riding so long. And to have anybody out there that can stand along the track and just cheer us on is a huge deal. Mm. So if you look at the route and that's something that's available to you, we would love to see you out there. Um and then, you know, you're more than welcome to donate. Hmm. Anything helps. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, that's great. And we'll make sure we have all of the links to that information in the show notes so that people can get in involved. And the, I, I guess the last question I have that's, that's kind of more Trek related, Lizzie, is mm-hmm. how soon after this year's Trek, this coming weekend here, do people start gearing up and getting ready for the larger effort of maybe being more involved next year. If, if they show up and they, they ring one of those cowbells for you as you ride by your, your, you know, 70 something mile of the, of the, of the trip here. Um, and they get inspired to want to do more Does stuff for next year gear up pretty quickly or is, um, uh, how does, how does that, that flow usually go from one year to the next? Registration's already open. They are asking us to register now. There's actually incentives for registering already. Mm. I can't quote what they are. (laughs) I saw it online today. Um, But you can already register for 2024. Wow. Uh, So, you know, and you can be at the end ceremonies. You know, last year was a little rainy, so we didn't have the biggest ceremony at the end. But um, 
every day there's some stuff going on at the end point and you're welcome to come down. There's usually music, mm-hmm. there's merchandise. You can come buy that stuff and then talk to us about our experience if you want to mm-hmm. and help us like find you so we can get you on our teams. Yeah. We love that. Oh, fantastic. Great. Well, that that's awesome. I, I really encourage everyone to check this out. I've, I've been in, involved with trying to help get the word out about the trek for a couple of years now. And, and I've, I've, I've got to, I've got to get to a point where, where we can do a little bit more than that, but I'm happy to do what I can do right, right now and just get the word out so that people uh, are, are hearing about this great cause, donating to it, volunteering for it and uh, can, can support what they're doing. Cause it is a, it is a massive then it's a, it's one that is known across the, lung association community all across the united states um, and even beyond that and so i really want to encourage people to to check that out so make sure you all check out the links and the resources here in the show notes as well but i've got two more questions here for you lizzie that i ask all my guests so these are not these are not I would also, if, before your questions i would yes, just say also, please do trek across maine is the biggest fundraiser for the american lung association in the entire united states mm. this this fundraiser brings in over a million dollars every year and wow. we do it right here in Maine. That's a huge deal mm. for the entire organization of the American Lung Association. So yeah. I would encourage people to join in however you can. That's awesome. That's great. No, that, that's fantastic. Right here in our backyard of Maine, in Maine too. How, how, how amazing is that? Uh, us Mainers are, are proud people to begin with. How can we, how can we not be proud of something that's the biggest donator to this great cause in the entire nation. That's, that's awesome. Um, so these last couple of questions here, Lizzie are questions. I ask all of the guests that come on the podcast. They're not trick questions. There's no right or wrong answer, but, but I always love to get everyone's different perspective on these questions. Uh, so number one is what is your definition of strength? Oh, uh, my favorite little phrase is called grit and grace. And so it's, you know, that's what I think my mom embodied and I'm trying to do the same is just to kind of face any challenge in life because we all have them Mm. Um, with a little bit of grit and a little bit of grace. Yeah. Um, I think we can all just kind of take this with this. We've got this innate power and this innate kind of uh, not to use the word again, but gritty nature that we just can dig in and fight but also do it so gracefully. Mm. And I, I hope that that is what I'm embodying as I go through these challenges. Um, but I love that question. Mm. Great. No, <laughs> fantastic answer. I, I love that. I love the, the grit and grace thing myself. That's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, and then the last question is what is your true purpose in life? Oh, that's a big one. Well, I mean, right now, I would say this year has really thrown things into perspective for me. Mm. And a large part of what I want to do is create legacy. Um, Mm. And that's on behalf of my mom, but I'm also thinking about my own legacy. And so living with purpose, living with the idea that, you know, we are in this life for X amount of time and we need to maximize our beautiful existence on this planet but also think about what we want to leave behind. Mm. And so, you know, having my mom be here for so long and have her have that grit and grace, Mm. and then she's gone into whatever greater place she's gone. Um, I'm trying to embody, you know, what makes, what makes this a better world in the, in the wake of her loss, but also like, Mm. you know, what, what can she and I bring collectively to this world? 
And she was such a wonderful example. So I'm trying to embody that as I go forward and live with great purpose and, you know, moment to moment, kind of be present, be grateful Mm. and empower other people to do the same. Wow. That's some incredible perspective there, Lizzie. And, And I, and I just have to, have to, have to say thank you for recognizing that and living out that true purpose. And as you already pointed out here, you were already put on this path even before your mom's diagnosis. So you're, I, I truly believe that just based on what you said, I'm, I'm getting chills here as you were saying that. And I remember you saying like, I've started working on this long before my mom's diagnosis. Yeah. You you truly are are working on living out your true purpose in life and and going at it with grit and grace and uh, uh, and I and I commend you for that. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. It's been lovely talking to you. I really appreciate those questions. I think they're wonderful. Awesome. I'm sure you're- your podcast is phenomenal and thank you so much for having me of course well thank you so much for taking the time to come on everyone go check out the info about the trek go out there and support however you can this coming weekend and get yourself registered as a rider as a team as a volunteer whatever you can do next year and and help keep this amazing event going lizzie thank you so so much for your time i really do appreciate it uh and thank you everyone out there for listening Uh, If this is your first time listening, there's uh, 120 some odd other episodes that you can certainly dive into and uh, new episodes are posted every week on Wednesdays. So uh, thank you for listening. Hope you continue to. Uh, And until next time, go make it a great week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Strength for Your Purpose podcast. Whether you're a first time listener or returning listener, I can't thank you enough for coming in here and taking in these conversations to help fulfill your true purpose in life. If you found value in this episode, please be a friend and tell a friend and share it with someone you know, respect, and care about who will find value in it as well. I would be so appreciative if you would also leave a five-star rate and review wherever it is that you are listening to this. I would also love to interact with you. You can find us anywhere on social media at Strength For Your Purpose Pod. And the email to get a hold of us for questions or inquiries about being on the podcast is also in the show notes. If you have any questions personally for me in regards to your health or wellness, I would love to talk to you about those as well. And all of my contact information is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening to this episode. I hope to have you back here next week for another great conversation. And until then, go make it a great week. Thanks for 